Thanks for tuning in to BWE Empowerment Radio with Elder Marcia Boynton. She will be teaching on women in the Bible. This show will air every Saturday at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for joining us and enjoy the broadcast. Good morning and praise the Lord, everybody. God bless you. And welcome to Women of the Bible teaching series and bi-monthly book club on BWE Empowerment Radio. Praise the Lord, everybody. God bless you. We greet you in the matchless name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is Lord. Jesus is risen and God is good at all times. Good morning, beloved, and welcome back. I'm Elder Marcia Boynton. What a privilege and an honor, a sincere blessing to be with you again today. Hallelujah. As we continue in our series, glory to God. Isn't God wonderful? Isn't God good? As we continue in our series, the message of the matriarchs, I'm just so pleased and excited to be with you today. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. If you're just happy and excited and grateful and thankful to be alive this morning, glory to God. Why don't you just lift up your blessed hands and just say thank you, Jesus, right where you are. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to your name for being so good to us, for waking us up this morning, for being our Lord and our Savior. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Your wonderful Father, and we bless you and love you and praise your name this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Almighty God. In the blessed name of your dear Son, Jesus Christ. So let's pray together this morning. Would you do that with me, beloved, before we get started? Amen. Uh, I just feel led to do that right now. Come on right where you are. In the name of Jesus, God bless you. Good morning. As you're calling in today, God bless you. God bless you. Pray together, beloved. Merciful Father, Almighty God, precious Lord, in the name of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, we pray this morning, Father. Lord God, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for being so good to us. Thank you for waking us up this morning. Thank you for keeping us in our right minds. Thank you for always being there. Thank you for what you're about to do. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for the message this morning. Thank you for the mothers. Glory. Thank you for the matriarchs. Thank you for your servants who have served you, who have labored in your vineyard, who have walked in obedience, who have walked by faith, who have prayed and interceded, glory, who have obeyed you and who have labored so that our lives, Heavenly Father, would be blessed. And we thank you. Thank you, Father, for the examples that we have in your holy word. Thank you for Sarah's. Thank you for Rachel's. Thank you for Rebecca's. Thank you for the mothers. Thank you, Jesus. 
from whom we can glean wisdom over these next few weeks. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that our wisdom would increase, that we would grow in faith and in wisdom for the glory of your holy name. Impart unto us, we pray, godly wisdom, heavenly wisdom that is from above and not beneath. We thank you, O God, that you would have your way and speak, Lord, for your servants here. In these few moments, Father, move Marcia out of the way. Do whatever you desire to do. Have your way and be glorified. Teach us, Lord. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Teach and instruct us in all our ways and be glorified. We bless you, Father, and we thank you for every soul listening Thank you for our CEO and founder, Dr. Jacqueline Renee King. Thank you for our overseer, Dr. Apostle Oscar Dowdell Underwood. Thank you for every heart listening in this hour. Remove every obstacle, every hindrance, every distraction so that we can focus on you and hear what your spirit saith unto us. Speak through me, your servant, Father. Have your way and bless your hearers, Lord God, to know that it is you and not I. Grant that I would decrease so that you might increase and bless every heart and every life. In the name of Jesus, I pray that this teaching message, Father, would be pleasing to you and that you would be glorified. Have your way. Flood this atmosphere with your Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, bless every mother. Touch every heart. Oh, God, touch every heart, Jesus. Thank you for restoration. Thank you for hope. Thank you for rebuilding us. Be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. And we bless the Lord for his covenant, for his faithfulness, for the blood of Jesus Christ shed. Hallelujah. For you and for me, for every life, good at all times. And we bless and praise his name. We give honor to God the Father to his dear Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and to the Spirit of the Lord, have your way. In Jesus' name, we give honor to our CEO and founder, Dr. Jacqueline Renee King, to our overseer, Dr. Apostle Oscar Dowdell Underwood, to the ministerial staff of BWE, and to each and every one of you who are joining us this morning. God bless you and welcome to Women of the Bible Teaching Series and by monthly book club on BWE Empowerment Radio. I'm Elder Marcia Boynton. So pleased to be with you this morning, beloved. As mentioned earlier, we are continuing in our series, The Message of the Matriarchs. Over the next few weeks, we will be looking at the lives of Sarah, of Rachel, of Rebecca, of Leah. Glory to God. Uh, We expect to have this series for May and for June. We may go into July. We'll see how the Spirit of the Lord moves, and we invite the Spirit of God to have his way in this place in the name of Jesus. But for the next several weeks, prepare your hearts and your minds, beloved, to to learn, amen, to glean from the wisdom of these matriarchs, these women, mighty women of faith, mighty blessed women of God. We are going to learn from them and to glean from their wisdom and allow the Lord to have his way in 
Jesus' name. God bless you, and welcome if you're just calling in. God bless you. Okay, so what are we going to do today? This is Mother's Day weekend. If you are a mother, a grandmother, uh, if you are an aunt or a godmother or in any way uh, responsible for contributing to the lives of, a, of another person, God bless you and happy Mother's Day to you. I pray that you have a blessed Mother's Day on tomorrow and this weekend. May the Lord just be good to you, real, real good to you, and your children rise and call you blessed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. God bless you, beloved. Okay, so what we're going to do today is we are in Genesis. We are looking at Chapter 17. That was the reading assignment for today. And also we're going to review Isaiah 66, verse 13. uh, We covered that scripture on last Saturday, and we're just going to review that briefly. That is our, our home base, if you will, where we're going to remain over the next several weeks. In Isaiah's prophecy, chapter 66, at verse 13, the Lord speaks of comforting as a mother, his people Israel, of comforting and saying that his people shall be comforted in Jerusalem as one who is comforted by his mother, so will I comfort you, and ye shall be comforted in Jerusalem. This is Isaiah 66, verse 13. You were asked to study that. And there the Lord speaks of restoration. There is a message of hope after the nation of Israel has fallen. They have come out of that period of exile, and some have returned to the land. They are beginning to rebuild. The Lord condemns the hypocritical worship of the people and says, look, don't put all of your worship into the building, into what you are building. Don't allow that or cause that to be the object of your worship, but God is to be the one whom we worship. And here, even after the exile, after this child has fallen, God says, as one who is comforted by his mother, so will I comfort you. There is a tenderness and a nurturing care there. It's very tender. It's delicate. The Lord speaks here of restoring his people Israel, of restoring them to the place where they belong, of rebuilding the ruins and the desolate places, of being the provider of the needs of his people. He is still Jehovah Jireh. No matter what has happened in this nation, Israel, in this people, Israel, the Lord here says, I'm still your God. I am in covenant with you. I love you. I am going to provide for you and to care for you and to comfort you, to to be kind to you. And we went over what it means to comfort someone on last Saturday. So if you weren't with me last Saturday, you can listen to uh, the replay of that broadcast on DWE. Um, We did it last Saturday on Uh, Facebook Live. Today we're not on Facebook Live this morning. Dr. King, God bless her, has an event that she is uh, participating in, and we thank the Lord for her faithfulness, but, you know, she, she cannot do everything, so we pray God's blessing be with her as she tends to the event, uh, and, and God is just blessing her and moving her to do so many uh, different things. Um, So we thank the Lord for her, and our prayers are with her today. So, beloved, if you weren't with me last Saturday, you can listen to the replay of that because we went over um, that pretty in-depth on last Saturday, okay? So Isaiah 66, 13, please study that on your own. 
Amen. Please study that on your own. Today, Genesis 17, and I also want to go over with you today, and we won't be long, but we're going to look at what it meant to be barren in ancient Israel and the context of that, what it meant to be barren. And I want to take a look at the geography where we are with Abraham in Genesis. Okay, we're going to look at those three things. So let's start right now with our text for this morning, Genesis. You have your Bibles. You're going to need those. Genesis 17. Glory to God. You have your Bibles. Just get those out and open those up. Genesis 17. And we'll start at verse 15. And if you have your Bible, why don't you read that with me this morning? God bless you. And good morning if you're just tuning in and welcome. Amen. Genesis 17 and verse 15. And let's read there together, beloved. Then God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. And I will bless her and also give you a son by her. Then I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations, kings of peoples, shall be from her. What a word that is. Kings of people shall be from her. Let's continue reading this morning. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? And shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. Let's keep reading. Then God said no. God said no. God said no to Abraham. Why did God say no to Abraham, beloved? Continue reading. God said no. Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his descendants after him. And as for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I have blessed him and will make him fruitful and will multiply him exceedingly. He shall beget twelve princes, and I will make him a great nation, glory. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you at this time next year. Then he finished talking with him, And God went up from Abraham. Glory to God, the word of the Lord. May the Lord add a blessing to his word this morning. It is already blessed. God bless you. What a word this is. Is it not? What a blessing this is. God speaks to Abraham, to the patriarch, to the man of God, the friend of God, the prophet of God. God speaks to the man. And he speaks to him and he says, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. This is the only time, the only instance in the Bible where the name of a woman is changed. And here, Sarah's name is changed, and she is now a covenant covenant with God and with her husband, Abraham. Abraham is the recipient of the divine covenant of the promise in Genesis 12, the Abrahamic covenant where God appears to Abraham. In fact, let's go there, beloved. Let's go to Abraham chapter 12, and let's look at this. Abraham chapter 12, we'll turn there quickly. 
Amen. God bless you. Abraham chapter 12. And we can just read a couple of verses at, at verse 1. Uh, Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord had said to Abram, this is before his name is changed, Abram the Hebrew, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. Whew. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you, and in you, Abram, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. God promises to make Abram, the Hebrew, into a great nation and to bless all others through him. Promises to multiply Abram's descendants and to give Canaan to them forever. Where is Canaan? Where is Canaan, beloved? God makes a formal covenant by passing through sacrificial animals. He promises to multiply Abram's descendants and to give them the land in Genesis 15. And in Genesis 17, where we are today, God promises to establish an everlasting covenant with Abram's descendants, and he promises to give the land as an everlasting possession. Glory to God. Glory to God. Abram, the Hebrew, has these promises from God, but Abram cannot have any descendants. He cannot become the father of any nation without a partner, without a woman, without a woman, someone to become the mother. He is to be the father. He needs a partner in right relationship. He, he cannot have the fulfillment of this. It cannot become manifest. Abraham cannot have this promise fulfilled. He cannot receive the fulfillment of his divine destiny if he does not have a woman who is chosen by God, called by God specifically to be the mother. They are joint heirs in this because in order for Abraham to become the father of many nations, there needs to be a woman, a Sarah, to become the mother of many nations. Happy Mother's Day to you. Happy Mother's Day to you. We say today in modern times, beside every good man, there is a good woman. Beside this good Abram, there is a good Sarai, Abraham, and Sarah. Abram cannot have this fulfilled. It shall not be manifest unto the man of God unless there is a woman chosen by God to partner with him. And Sarah is the one. Sarah is the one God has chosen. It is not Hagar. Let's look at this. Let's go back to 17. Genesis 17. Glory to God. And at verse 15, we read this. Going up to verse 17, Abraham's response to the word of God concerning Sarah, his wife, who is up in age, they're both up in age right about now, Abraham's response is to fall on his face and laugh and say, can you imagine this, that a man of God receives a vision, a word for his wife, for a woman of God, and his response to what God is telling him is going to happen, to how God is going to use the woman of God, to how God is going to bless 
the woman of two is to laugh and to say in his heart, I'm too old as shall a child be born to a man who is 100. Abraham is 100 years. Sarah is 90 years old. And shall it be, Father, that we shall have a child? And he says, oh, that Ishmael might live before you. Now, there are some biblical scholars and some commentators who offer to us that this response of Abraham in laughing was one of joy, that he's laughing within himself and saying, oh, my God, this is wonderful. I am filled with so much joy, and I believe what God is telling me. That I, and, and there's some who suggest to us that this is actually, there's no doubt in Abraham's response that Abraham believed, and he has joy, and he just anticipates the blessing is going to happen because God has said it and spoken it, and Abraham never loses his faith whatsoever, and it is Sarah, the woman, who actually laughs and doubts and doesn't believe God. But let's just check out what God says in the next verse. God said no. So what is God saying no to? God said no. Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. So the response here of God to the man of God concerning his wife is that, no, Abraham, it shall not be that Ishmael or that Ishmael's mother shall be the one with whom I am going to enter into this covenant with you. It shall not be that this blessing shall not be to Sarah and shall go to another woman. I have spoken already. I will bless Sarah and I will give you a son by her, and I will bless Sarah, and Sarah shall be the mother of nations, and kings of people shall be from her. God here says, Abraham, the blessing is to Sarah. And when, when, when Abraham says that Ishmael might live before you, God says, no, that blessing that I intend, the purpose that I have for Sarah, the woman I have my eye on, the one whom I have chosen is Sarah, and it's not going to go to the mother of Ishmael. It's not going, yes, okay, I heard you. I'm going to bless uh, Ishmael. I'll make him a great nation. Hallelujah, I'll make him a great nation. Yes, I'll make him fruitful, and I'll make him exceedingly, uh, I'll make him exceedingly so. I have heard your prayers, but my covenant my covenant, everything, Abraham, that I have been speaking to you all along for all of these years, how I spoke to you in the past and told you that you're going to be a father of many nations, every promise, every word, every vision that I have given you, every time you've heard me, Abraham, in the middle of the night and I've spoken to you, man of God, about your being a father of many nations, how I'm going to cause you to be blessed, everything that I've spoken to you, all of it, pertains to Sarah. Sarah is the one. Sarah is the one. Sarah, your wife, she shall be a mother of nations. I know that Sarah is 90, and I know that you are 100, and I know that you have Ishmael. You already have something, and you hope that I'm going to bless what came out of your flesh. But I'm telling you, hallelujah, God, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. It shall not be according to your flesh, according to how you have went about it. It shall not be so, because God does not get any glory out of our flesh. When he gives us a divine promise and time sets in and years go by, glory, years go by, and we can get tired of waiting on God and resort to the flesh and try to do it our own way and build it our own way and make something happen. But God is not by might, 
I, I hold up by my spirit since the Lord. Sarah is the one. Now, I know it's been a long time, and I know you've already built something. I know you already have plans that you're walking in that, and it might look nice, and it might feel like, and it might seem like, and maybe you can pass this off and say, well, you know what, this is what God intended. And I'm telling you, man of God, Abraham, everything that I have been telling you all of this time, for all of these years, every vision, every time you woke up in the middle of the night and heard my voice, when you stepped out on faith in the first place, when you left your father's house and went to a distant land, when you believed me and you heard my voice, everything that I've spoken to you, for all of these years, I'm going to bless you and multiply you and cause your descendants to be exceedingly fruitful. It all pertains to that. Your wife, your wife, not the chick on the side not the mistress, not the girlfriend. It pertains to your wife, Sarah, according to the Spirit, because at 100 years of age, and Sarah, who's 90, everything's dried up. Glory to God. Ain't nothing happening. Ain't nothing going on. Glory. Ain't nothing going on for the two of them. How shall it be said that Isaac has been born but by God's divine miraculous intervention? Sarah is barren. Sarah, glory, at 90 years of age, if Sarah got married as was the custom for women at that time to, to get married at about 15 years of age, that means, beloved, that means women of God, glory, if you're waiting and standing on the promises of God and if God has shown you something and it's taken a long time and you're saying, well, my God, how long? When is this going to happen? For Sarah, the matriarch of our faith, for Sarah, if she got married at 15 years of age, which was the custom at that time, and she's now 90, glory, do the math, that means for 75 years, Sarah has been a barren woman without children, unfruitful, unproductive, bearing the scorn and the reproach as a wife, unfruitful, unproductive. Everything dried up, ain't nothing going on. Even if Abraham and Sarah, beloved, go behind closed doors and go at it all night long, and do sometimes you can do everything right, and you can tithe, and you can sow, and you can serve, and you can pray, uh, get all of your heart, soul, and mind, and obey, and do everything that the Lord asks of you. And if Abraham and Sarah go behind closed doors for seventy-five years, all night long. And nothing happens. That's a long time for a woman to wait on God. That's a long time, Jesus. That means every month, if Sarah's anticipating and hoping that she's going to have a child, or her children, hallelujah, are the provision of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is his reward. Glory, and there's a scorn and there's a reproach with barrenness. And we'll talk about that every month, Sarah goes. If they're, if they're together, if they come together as husband and wife. And when they do that and Sarah hopes, Sarah hopes that, that, that this time, you know, she, her monthly cycle will be, if it's late, if it's late and she goes and she takes a pregnancy test or she waits and hopes that her friend won't show up and she takes that pregnancy test and it's always a no, always waiting and hope. Can you imagine always waiting and hoping on God and trusting that this month, uh, well, come on, Abraham, it's, it's time, come on right now, glory, this month, this time, 
And every time she is always disappointed, hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. And after a while, after 75 years of waiting and hoping and believing, and glory, glory, glory. And maybe we can understand why Sarah at some point would say, you know what, Hagar in there, go, go on in there to Hagar. You know, maybe Hagar will give you a son, Abraham, and then that will be my son. I'm not saying that's what I'm going to do, but because, I, you know, but we don't, you know, we can understand, I can understand why Sarah would say at that time, go on in there to Hagar. For 75 years, she's been waiting and trusting and believing and doing everything right and doing everything that she can do. How long have you been waiting on God and expecting him to bring the miracle and the breakthrough and expecting him to bring it to pass and serving and giving her all and sowing and tithing and feeding every month, every time you expect it to happen, every time, hallelujah, you believe and you trust in him and have faith, and nothing happens for Sarah for some 75 years. Glory to God. It's a long time to stand on his promises to trust, to, to not weary in doing good. It's a long time to believe and having done all you can do to stand. Let's be real about it. 75 years. It's a long time for a woman of God. Let's talk about barrenness. What does it mean to be barren? What does it mean to be barren? Because the Lord chose Sarah, hallelujah. The Lord chose Rebecca, thank you, Jesus. And the Lord chose Rachel and Leah. Sarah, Rebecca, and Rachel were all barren. And we have many more accounts in the Bible of women who were barren. You hear about Hannah. Yes, Hannah was barren. And we hear about Elizabeth of her who was called barren. Samson's mother was barren. We hear about this in the Bible. Hallelujah. What does it mean to be barren? Are you waiting on God to make something manifest in your life? Are you waiting on the fulfillment of a promise? And does it seem like everybody else is getting their breakthrough and their miracle and everybody else is coming and things are being manifest for them? Does it feel ever like you're just sitting and watching everybody else and they're going by and going on and doing great things, and you're in a place in a wilderness experience and just waiting and believing and trusting in God. Glory, Sarah waited for the fulfillment, and it is God's timing it's a, well, for the fulfillment for some 75 years. And all along, to be barren for Sarah, in ancient Israel, barrenness, being unfruitful, unproductive, was seen as a severe punishment from God. It's a barren is as a land that bears no crop. It means unfruitful or unproductive because it is naturally poor and sterile. It can also mean miscarrying, and it can mean because it is miscarrying and unfruitful and unproductive because it is under God's purse. Psalm 107.34. In Israel, a family's greatest misfortune was barrenness because the highest section of religion and patriotism blessed the fruitful woman 
because children were necessary for the perpetuation of the tribe and its religion. What does that mean? That it was necessary in order for Abraham to have the promise fulfilled, in order for Abraham to become the father of many nations as he spoke. It was necessary, therefore, for Sarah as a good wife, as a godly wife, as the one whom the Lord was really using, it was necessary for Sarah to be fruitful and for her to be productive. And yet here she is, blessed and highly favored that she is, daughter of the most high God that she is, wife of the prophet, the first lady. Here she is, unproductive, not doing anything, not producing for her husband who has received this divine word and this divine promise of how they're going to be great and have many descendants. What is Sarah doing? She's unproductive, and she's not fruitful. So I want to look at some scriptures for saying fruitfulness was God's special blessing to his people. And you can see this, beloved, in Exodus 23, 26, in Deuteronomy 7, 4, and in Psalm 113, 9. And for the sake of time, just write those scriptures down and look at those. But let's just go to one. I'll say them again. Exodus 23, 26, Deuteronomy 7, 4, and Psalm 113, 9. So let's just turn to Deuteronomy 7, 4, and let's read that together. Deuteronomy 7, 4. If you have that, let's read that word there together, love. Pardon me, I said that wrong. Exodus twenty three twenty six. Let's go there. Exodus twenty three twenty six. Give me a second to get there with you. Good morning to you if you're just joining us. God bless you and welcome. I'm Elder Marcia Boynton. It is a pleasure and a privilege to be with you this morning. And I thank you so much for joining us. This is our commercial break this morning. How do you like that? <laughs> okay, Exodus. 23 and verse 26. Okay, praise God. Exodus 23, 26. And this is what the Lord there says. In fact, we can read 25 as well. So you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of you. No one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land. I will fulfill the number of your days. This is the Lord speaking. No one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land. Oh, that's a good word. Nobody is going to suffer miscarriage or be barren. They're all going to be fruitful. They're all going to be productive. So why then is it for Sarah? Why then is it for Rachel? Why then is it for Rebecca that these daughters are not fruitful, that they're not producing when God here says he's going to cause it to be such that none will miscarry and none shall be barren? Faithfulness uh, to God's command resulted in blessing because the children of Israel were called to be obedient to the Lord Most High in order to experience his blessings. So with that said, it could be inferred for these women, for these daughters, that perhaps they were disobedient, perhaps they were not faithful, perhaps they were under God's curse, God was not blessing them, God was not with them, God was apart from them. There was something amiss, perhaps, in the relationship that the women had with the Lord their God, that they should not be fruitful. There was a reason, as with Job, Job must have been doing something wrong 
You know, it couldn't have just been that God was just allowing this to happen. His three friends, you know the story of Job, would come to him and say, Job, why don't you just curse God to his face? Why doesn't Sarah, why doesn't Abraham, after all this time, give up and stop believing? Why don't you give up and stop believing? This is what Job's friends would say to him. But after all of this time, God bless our mother and our father. They are our, our patriarch and our matriarch. They are our ancestors. The Bible is our history, beloved. God bless our mother, Sarah. God bless our father and those who have come before us to not give up, to not throw in the towel, to not say, well, God, I heard you, but it's taking too long. I don't believe you anymore. God bless you, mother. The mothers, yes, God, who pray for us, who intercede for us. Glory, thank you for the mothers who pray for us. Yes, God, for the grandmothers who pray for us. Thank you. Thank you for those who have come before us and who pray for us and who don't allow that stigma or the scorn or the reproach or what might be said about them and their relationship with God to hinder them or to obstruct their view and their faith in God, that he is faithful and that if he said it, he will do it. If he said it, if he promised you, I don't care how long it's taken, if he, 75 years, if he promised you, if he spoke that word over your life, if you sat down on faith and believed him and took him at his word, glory, God, go to it. He's not a liar. He's not. He's faithful. Every word that he has spoken, every word that he has promised he's going to do, and it doesn't matter, glory, the stigma and the scorn, the societal scorn and the reproach that was on Sarah and on these women because they were expected to be fruitful partners. No man, hallelujah. No man, Chloe, wants to be in a relationship with a woman where he has a woman with a man, glory, where they have this vision and this dream and this word that's spoken over their lives. And in order for it to happen, he needs the woman to be productive. He needs her to be fruitful. And if she's not doing anything, if she's not fruitful, then what good is she? What good is she? If she can't get the job done, if she can't do the work, if he can't rely on her, if he can't depend on her, has she lost her anointing? Is she obeying God? Glory, is she really the one? In the New Testament, Jesus speaks and he speaks to us about being fruitful. Stay, John 15. Yes, God, stay connected to this. Go there, beloved. Glory, have your way. Glory, God, have your way this morning. Glory, John 15. Let's turn there, beloved. Turn with me to John 15 this morning. He says to us here, he says to us here, why, why revelation is so important. He says to us here, here's the true vine in John 15. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Glory. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciple. To be fruitful, that's the command that he gives us. To be fruitful. Uh, glory. When Noah and his sons, when they come off the ark, he says, go and be fruitful. He, that, is, that is the command for God. And if we're not fruitful, if Jesus says, you have to abide in me, that that unfruitful one, the one is cast out, is cast out as a branch and it's withered, just a dead branch with no fruits. What is Sarah? Her, what is Sarah? What is Rachel? Her, what is Sarah? What is Rachel? 
What is Rebecca? Are these women dead branches? Are they to be cast out and burned? Are they good for nothing when God has said to be fruitful when Abraham needs a woman? Glory to God. Who can produce? Glory to God. When Isaac needs a woman, who can get the job done? When Jacob needs a woman, glory to God who can be productive and fruitful, who can bear children in order that the promise of God spoken to these men is fulfilled. What are they? Glory. What are they as they wait on God? Every month, glory, every month, if they get together with their husbands, if they go into the bedroom and close the door, and yes, and they take care of that piece of business, and then the woman has to wait, glory, and wait, and then every month. She takes a pregnancy test. She pulls it out. It's always a no, always a no. Hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. Are they dead breaths? Are they to be cast out? The miraculous way that God intervenes in the lives of his people, the miraculous. Let Israel now say, had it not been for the Lord on my side, nobody can say that they have done this but God, Jesus. Nobody can say that they have done this, but not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Nobody, if it had not been for the Lord on our side, no one can say that they have done this. He uses the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God would get no glory. Get no glory out of Ishmael because Ishmael was born according to the flesh. That was man's attempt to bring about God's promise. That was man's attempt to say, you know what, let's do it this way. And it'll look like God has really blessed us and God has really favored us. Let's build it this way. Glory, let's put this out there. Let's put this, let's do this or let's do that. And it'll look like this is what God wants. But God doesn't want what looks like. God wants what is. According to the Spirit, for 75 years, Sarah has to wait and bear the reproach and the scorn. That's a long time, beloved, to be ridiculed, to be laughed at. Even her own husband laughed at God. When God speaks to her husband and says to the man, Sarah is going to bear you a son, even Abraham laughs and says, no, you know what, Ishmael, I already did it. I already put something together. I already had some plans in place. Just bless what I did. And God says, no. No, I'm not going to bless what you did, Abraham. No, I'm not going to bless your plans, what you decided, how you attempted to bring it to pass because you got tired of waiting on me, because you didn't think it would ever be manifest, because you didn't think Sarah, your wife, would ever be fruitful and produce. No, Sarah. Sarah, the one, the woman who's laughed at, who's ridiculed, who's reproached, who's scorned. Hannah and Penina, you know the story in Samuel? Hannah couldn't bear any children. She was provoked sorely, the Bible says, by Penina. That's the one I'm going to bless. Hang on in there, daughter, in the name of Jesus. Hang on in there. Don't you give up. Don't you give up, woman of God. God promised you. He showed you the land. Glory to God. The land for you and for your descendants. He said, I'm going to bless you. God gave you the vision of that business, whatever that dream is that you have that God has put on the inside of you, whatever it is deep in your belly, you know what it is, what he has shown you and given you, and you're trying. You're doing the very best that you can. Glory. Abraham needed a partner, and Sarah needs a partner, because for Sarah to be the mother of many nations, hallelujah, for Sarah to do it, 
she needed an Abraham. Sarah to be the mother, she needed an Abraham. She needed her husband. She needed the man of God in order to bring it to pass. The two of you have got to work together. You've got to come together again. After all the time, I know you've been waiting, and I know nothing has happened. After all the time, Jesus, after all the years, the way that you've tried to get it done, the things, the books, the glory to God, the, whatever you've put out there, and you know what it is, of your own flesh, of your own doing, because we can get tired of waiting on God and tired of seeing everybody else have and see them in their new cars and in their new homes and their businesses are prospering and they're being blessed and favored. And we, we can get tired of just sitting and watching everybody else. Glory to God and tired of being ridiculed and shamed and talked about. And it can get on your nerves. And Hannah, glory to God, would go to God and pray about it. She would go to God and pray about it. And here Abram, Abraham, the first Hebrew in the Bible, first Hebrew, laughs when God speaks to him and says, Sarah is going to give you a son. Sarah is 90 years old. She's up in age. Glory to God. She's up. This is an elderly couple, senior citizens, if you will, a mature couple, amen. They're an older couple, and God says, I'm going to give you a child. In order for them to have the child that God is speaking of, they have to physically come together again in their old age, that, that, I mean, there, there has to, you know, things have to be working right. Everything got to be in order in order for this to happen if he's going to, uh, y'all know what I'm saying, but if it's going to happen, everything, Abraham got to be able to do what he needs to do and Sarah has to be able to receive it. The two have to come together as one after all the time, after all the years, in order for this to be manifest. So man and woman, husband and wife, man of God, woman of God, the two have to come together in this covenant if the promised son is going to to be born. And he will. Sarah's up in age. And Abraham is up in age. They have to come together. The two of you have to work together in the name of Jesus if it's going to happen. And it's not for Sarah because it ain't about Sarah. And it's not for Abraham because it ain't about Abraham. The father of many nations. Many people, your descendants, your children, your children's children, people to be, people who are not even born yet in the womb, still in the sperm, in the seed of Abraham, God, hallelujah, still in the womb of Sarah, glory to God. They have to work together so that people who are not even born yet down the nine generations and generations to come, kings and kings of kings to come, so that these people can be blessed. And now you look out. All of the people, all of the kings who were born from them, the, the Solomon and David, glory to God, and of Judah came the Messiah, Jesus Christ. It all started, hallelujah, it all started centuries ago with an elderly couple up in age, got a little tired waiting on God, took matters into their own hands, and God reappears to them and says to Abraham, no, Abraham not going to be done your way. It's not going to be done your way. What, what you put out there, what you tried to do because you couldn't wait on me and believe me and trust me, it's not going to happen. I'm telling you, Sarah is the one. Sarah is the one. Would you just say that? Sarah is the one, the one who's going to bear you a son. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. God bless you, Mother. God bless you, Mother. Thank you so much for your faith. 
Thank you so much for your obedience. Thank you for praying for us. Thank you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you for your obedience. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you so much, Mother. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you for serving. Hallelujah. Thank you for the houses that you've cleaned so that we could have a better life. Thank you for the sacrifices that you made so that we could have a better life. Thank you so much. Mothers, thank you. God bless you. And the Lord be with you. Thank you. Hallelujah for obeying God. Glory to God. Thank you for just trusting him and believing him for every sacrifice you made. Glory. God bless you. God bless you, and we thank you in the name of Jesus. Now, before we leave this morning, I said that I wanted to talk about the geography, and I want to just touch on that. We're going to be continuing this on next Saturday. Amen. I'm almost finished for this morning. There's so much that I, glory, that's just in my heart to deal with in this series. Amen. Hallelujah. There's just so much in here, so much that we can glean from, and I'm not going to rush this. So we're going to take our time with this. I believe that there are true nuggets of wisdom that we can glean from each and every Saturday. Every time there is a reading assignment, beloved, please be sure to read that. We are praying over those scriptures and, and praying before the Lord and seeking his face to see what is his will, what does he want us to, to say and to speak. And we are in a, just a season and a spirit of expectancy about being restored, about being rebuilt. And Isaiah 66, verse 13, just please. Please read those scriptures and I know please read those scriptures and keep them in your heart. Beloved, please make sure that you do that. Amen. We're doing that with you each and every week. So now just briefly before we go, I want to touch on the geography. We spoke about barrenness. We talked about that. And there's so much more in that. We'll be covering this over the next several weeks. And I want to talk about the geography. There is a, a really good book that you should pick up. And it is called, if you're writing down, From Babylon to Timbuktu. I'll post it uh, for this week and in the coming weeks. We'll be using this in our bi-monthly book club. It's really a book that is rich in history. It's rich in history, and it identifies, when we read the Bible and it says that Abraham was from Ur, you are, where is that? And, and what is that country today? What, where are we talking about? We are in Africa and then we are in Africa. So pick up this book, From Babylon to Timbuktu, the author's name, again, Rudolf Windsor, W-I-N-D-S-O-R, From Babylon to Timbuktu. Now, I didn't um, tell you yet to get that book. I wasn't sure I was going to use it. It is a challenge to read, but there's a wealth of information in it, beloved, and read it for the history. So I'm going to quote something that the author says concerning Abraham. On page 16 of the book, this is what the author says for us. Abraham was one of the fathers of the 12 tribes of Israel, and Abraham's father, Terah, came from the land of Ur of the Chaldees. You can see this in Genesis 11, verse 26 through 28. Where is that? Where is that? Do you ever read the Bible and kind of read and just skip over it and, you know, think that it's not really important? It's important. Glory to God. This, the Bible is our history. It is our history. It is the history of the Hebrews, of the Israelites, of the children of the Most High God. It is the history of black people, of brown people. It is our history. Read the Bible. Amen. 
Okay, we're speaking of Ur of the Chaldees. The land of Ur of the Chaldees was located at the southern part of the Euphrates. The Chaldeans were one of many Cushite tribes, and Cush, according to the Bible dictionary, means black. Uh-huh. Uh, so what was Abraham then? What was Abraham then? Glory to God. Our geography, where we are, we are in Africa, on the continent of Africa. The Egyptians who had many gods, glory to God, who served many gods, hallelujah, God makes such a miraculous he makes such a miraculous just a, a appearance and a show here in Genesis because the peoples at this time had many different gods. They had many different gods. In the Israelite religion, God or Yahweh has taken over as the sole deity. He's taken over. He's taken over the traditional role of gods and goddesses, including fertility goddesses. In ancient Mesopotamia, Deities played a crucial role in the process of childbirth. The Egyptians, who were black, had fertility charms and amulets to guarantee healthy children. Glory to God. Do you see that here? So God here takes over as the sole God, as the sole deity, even as that of a fertility goddess. Glory to God. And now we see, we have here, with all of the fertility gods and goddesses in the land, even the Egyptians with their, their fertility gods and amulets, with all of these things and these charms and, and, and these idols that the people are used to worshiping and bowing down before in order to secure healthy child children, God shows up for a 100-year-old man and a 90-year-old woman and grants them a child. What a show God makes. It is miraculous. What God can do for you, for me, for we who believe in him, miraculous, miraculous. God can do what no one else can do. He is the one and only living God, and he shows up in a mighty way for Sarah and for Abraham, that we as a people, the children of the Most High God, today, where it all began centuries ago, Nobody could have done that but God, and God must be glorified, not according to the fleshly things that we do, but according to the spirit, what his plans are, what he purposes, what he proposes, and what he will fulfill because he is faithful and not a liar. How long have you been waiting on God? How long have you been trusting in him and walking? Well, amen. Nobody told me that the road was going to be easy, but I don't believe he brought me this far to leave me, and I don't feel no ways tired. In Isaiah 66, 13, God says he will comfort. He will speak words of kindness. He will comfort. Hallelujah. How many people need a kind word right about now? Amen. After you've been waiting and trusting, glory to God, and at the point where you might feel like giving up, don't you give up, daughter of Abraham. Don't you give up, woman of God. He says he's going to comfort. Hallelujah. And we thank the Lord. Hallelujah. He's going to console. He's going to ease. He will have compassion on you. Thank you. He will give consolation to you. Amen, Jesus. He will give solace to you. He will soothe. He will provide relief, and he will encourage. He will rebuild. He will restore. Amen. And put Israel back in the place where she belongs. How long have you been trusting and believing? Don't give up, woman of God. Hang on in there, daughter. 
He promised to do it. He's faithful, and he's 90 years of age. Sarah, a barren woman who bore the scorn and the reproach, the ridicule, being laughed at and talked about, even on husband, said, no, let that blessing go to somebody else. God says, Abraham, uh-uh, sweetheart, no, brother. No, Sarah. Sarah shall have your son. Sarah is the one. Would you just lift up your hands and say, God, thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Just lift up your hands and bless God. Sarah is the one in the name of Jesus. Laughed at, ridiculed, talked about, reproached. Hallelujah. Sarah knows all about it, Mother of God. Sarah knows all about it, how long you've been waiting and trusting and believing. And the man of God don't even believe and laugh. And one of the blessings to go to somebody else, God has to say, no, Abraham, no. Sarah is the one. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you. Hallelujah. We thank you for the mothers. Amen. Thank you for the mothers. Thank you for the mothers. Thank you for the matriarchs. Thank you for the grandmothers. Thank you for the women who served. Thank you for the women, glory, who never gave up, who never gave up, never stopped trusting you, never stopped believing in you. Glory to God. We just want to glean from their wisdom and their faith this morning. And daughter, don't you give up. Don't you quit. Don't you throw in that towel. Harry never, never stopped trusting and believed in God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the faith of these remarkable women whom you chose whose accounts we have in your holy word, our history, and we may glean from them and learn to grow in faith and in wisdom and to never stop trusting you. Father, you're worthy of glory, honor, and praise. You can be counted on. We love you for who you are, and we thank you. God bless you, women of God. Happy Mother's Day to each and every one of you. May the Lord bless you and be with you. May the Lord bless your children and your children's children. May the Lord bless your husbands. Hallelujah. May the Lord bless your husbands. Amen in the name of Jesus. God be real good to you. Real good to you and in covenant with you. Heaven smile upon you. The Lord be gracious to you. In the name of Jesus, I'm Elder Marcia Boynton. It is a pleasure to be with you this morning. Hopefully we will see you, God willing, next Saturday a.m. back on Facebook Live at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Tell a friend if you're being blessed in this broadcast. The name of that book, again, is From Timbuktu to Babylon. The author is Rudolph Windsor. Don't forget tomorrow, Mother's Day, we will have a Sunday Word. So don't forget to tune in if you're not doing anything. The women of God come powerful, anointed, and they always encourage. And we will see you next Saturday, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Go in peace. God bless you. I love you. The Lord be with you. In Jesus' name, amen.